You're listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number 11, How to Relocate Your Business, with our special guest, photographer and videographer, Casey Broadley. Let's go. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator, Renee Dallow, and blogger and social media strategist, Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready, because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hi, and welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. I am Renee Dallow, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely partner in crime, Mindy Marzek. Hey, everyone. And today, we have a very special guest. Casey Broadley is with us. She is a documentary photographer and videographer, and she is one of our favorite Los Angeles photographers, but that's what we're going to talk about today because guess what, guys? She moved. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Hey, Casey. Hi. Thank you for having me. We're so happy you're here. I'm so happy I'm here. I feel very uh, grateful that you guys invited me to be on. Oh, that's sweet. We're actually would be grateful if you were in Los Angeles, but we can talk about that later. I'm just well, yeah. Maybe I just have to clone myself and come back. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I would love that. I would love it for just a day to day. Sometimes I think I just need a clone just to answer my emails. So, well, yeah, we all do. I think. <laughs> Uh, so the reason you're here, Casey, aside from the fact that we love you, is um, we want to talk about moving markets as a creative professional. We want to talk about how that was for you, how you did it, and just get down to the nitty gritty of it. Okay. Well, I hope I can help. I mean, I definitely did it, and I didn't have to go and get a full time job again or anything, or even a part time job. So that's hopefully, awesome. Hopefully, my luck can spread to anyone that's listening. Let's um let's start off if you just want to give us like a little bit of background about your business. Like when you started, how long you've been a photographer? Okay. Um well, I've been a photographer since high school. Um I went to college for photography. Um I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia. Um I got my BFA in photography. Um I have no business background. I didn't even think that I would be a photographer when I left college. I thought I was going to be a photo editor, but then after photo editing for a while, I realized that I didn't like editing other people's photos because they were so bad, in my opinion. Um, I love so it. I was like, well, I could do better than this. And I started uh, shooting weddings with a friend of mine. And I started my uh, business in 2012. I officially became business like registered. And I started shooting um, – I assisted a blogger and I started uh, taking photos for her almost every day. And from there, I assisted on weddings and pretty much picked up any types of photography jobs I could. I made my friends pose for me. I was like, hey, I want to start shooting more weddings on my own. So pretend you're in love and stand (laughs) there and pose for me. (laughs) Can I ask a question about about your, your initial goal of photo editing? Yeah. Like, what was it about photo editing that you thought was would be meant for you versus photography? Was it like a confidence thing? Or did you just think that's where your skills lie? 
Well, it was twofold. Um, in the mid-2000s, pretty much every romantic comedy centered around somebody being in the magazine world, like uh, Devil Wears <laughs> Prada. And so, you know, being 18, 19, that seemed like the most glamorous job that you could possibly get. So <laughs> I uh, decided early on that I wanted to work for magazines. And since I was already, I already loved photography, um, I wanted to either plan photo shoots or help put the magazine together in that way. And so I started doing internships. I did an internship at Maxim Magazine. I did one at MTV, Cosmopolitan. And I just really loved being in that environment and feeling like I was living out like a real life fantasy. Um, and then also uh, going to art school is not really the easiest thing in the world. You get um, critiqued almost every day. So it kind of makes me laugh when I go on. Um, I, I'm in a bunch of like artistic Facebook groups. And one of the main rules is like, don't critique people. Like that makes me laugh because <laughs> I had to be critiqued every single day. And I had professors that basically told me that I wasn't good enough to be a professional photographer or I wouldn't uh -huh. make any money at it. So my whole thing was that, you know, if I'm if I'm not one of the 5% of people that can make it as a professional photographer, I I wanted to go somewhere that would make me money and have a steady income. So um yeah, I really just focused all my energy on being in the magazine world. And then, of course, I graduated in 2008, and I couldn't get a job at all of these places I had interned at. Right. Um, and that brought me to Los Angeles. And I ended up being a photo editor for um, the very glamorous paparazzi industry. And um, that was like a living hell, basically. Um, I made, I made some great friends there. Um, I had basically like objectively a good job in the sense that all I had to do was read go gossip magazines and watch TMZ and, you know, just keep up with all of the pop culture stuff that was happening. But at the same time, you know, if any celebrity was sick or died, like I had to drop everything to make, basically try to make money off of people's sicknesses and uh you know they they follow children and I, oh, after a while it, it just didn't feel right to me anymore i'm just not that type of person um and i kind of just saw the ugly underbelly of it all and it was embarrassing for me to, to say that i worked in that industry like it's not a very well respected industry and i wanted to have a job that felt more fulfilling and feel like i was making people happy instead of making people angry so that's why i chose weddings cuz i was like what is the happiest thing what's the happiest thing that i can do and pretty much you know the, a wedding day is like the happiest day of someone's life so aside from them like you know having kids and stuff but i that's why i chose weddings so it just you don't seem like the kind of person who would work for a paparazzi yeah. so casey you recently moved your business or you moved your entire body and your life uh but you you basically moved from los angeles to michigan right yes i moved right outside of the detroit uh, i'm in metro detroit you were in so about a year ago is when the whole transition started happening and then how many weddings did you have in LA when you kind of quote unquote, like officially relocated to Michigan? I had at least two a month, two or three a month, starting in July through December, no, through January. So wow. I had to go back to LA once a month 
luckily the the weddings that I had booked like serendipitously always happened in like one week or one weekend. So I really didn't have to spend like three weeks at a time in LA. I could just go back for four days or five days and and finish two weddings at once and then go back home. I don't know how that happened, but it was just lucky that it happened that way. Um, that is great. But I ended up staying for the most part in LA until the end of September. Um, that was when we decided that we were officially going to move because September was like my busiest month last year. Um, and then I had to go back once in October, once in November, once in December, and then again in January. Um, and, and so then- right now you don't have any LA weddings. Oh, I'm going to be back this weekend. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. And then again in August. So I had weddings booked into 2018 before we even left for our wedding in May. Um, so Now, see, here's what's interesting is that when I talk to other wedding creatives who are like thinking about moving or whatever, there's always a lot of hesitation about like, well, I'm booked until 2019. Like, what am I going to do? Is it, this isn't the right time to move. And I love that you were like, Hey, I have work booked, but what, this is what's best for my family. So we're going to make it work. I feel like people tend, I think, I, I don't know what I hear from people is that they try to like make this perfectly clean break or this. I mean, there's no right time. It's like trying to say like, when's the right time to get pregnant? You know, it's just yeah. one of those things that you either, you either make it work or you don't. And I think there's a lot of fear that's based, especially when you own your own business. There's a lot of fear um, into moving to a totally new area. You know, I was scared of, you know, my clientele changing. I was scared that I would have to shoot every single wedding in a church. And I hated shooting church weddings because there are so many rules to them. And, uh, you know, I, I just, had this idea of what the Midwest was like specifically um, and why I wouldn't like it before I even gave it a chance. And I think that if anyone wants to move, I think that the most important thing is to focus on what has already worked for you where you are. And if you are booked into, you know, into the next year or two, um, how you can keep those clients happy and still serve them in the same way that you would do if you were right up the street from them. And, you know, the first, the very first thing I did was I talked to my 2018 clients and my clients that were at the end of the year and said, Hey, I am moving on September 30th. Your wedding is on November 11th. I am going to be here two days before then in case of flight delays. I've traveled before for weddings already. So I knew the drill. Was there, let me, how do I put this? So like when you decided Michigan was it, and you were also dealing with like moving your life and and your family, Mm -hmm. did you do anything specific in your business to sort of prepare for Michigan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I it, The second that we started talking, the second that we f- like said, this is it, we're going to do this, I instantly started doing research. I started doing research on um, what Instagram hashtags were being used in our area. I started, I've, I looked up if there was a rising tide group in the area that we wanted to live Um that was one of the main things that worked for my business. And I really concentrated on the things that worked best for me in Los Angeles. And I figured, you know, if this can work for me in a giant city like Los Angeles and I can support myself there, I can support myself anywhere if I 
try to focus on the things that worked for me. So the things that worked were networking. So before I moved, I came back to help my husband look for houses. And um, I happened to be there on a Tuesday. And so I went to a Tuesdays together meeting before I even moved so I could start networking with people. Um, I joined all of the local, you know, photography groups that were in Detroit and Michigan. So I started getting leads through Facebook for weddings. I changed my, all my SEO on my website changed. I went through every single image that said Los Angeles wedding photographer and changed it to Detroit wedding photographer, Michigan wedding photographer, Ann Arbor wedding photographer, anything that I thought would get me the Google clicks before I even moved. So I was lucky that I didn't, I had a few months to prep for that. Um, but I started getting inquiries almost like four weeks after I did all these changes. And I shot my first wedding video in October of 2017. We moved September 2017 and I got my first wedding in October. And it kind of snowballed from there. That bride liked me enough to refer me to another bride. And that bride I'm shooting this year and she booked me for both photo and video and it just kind of snowballed, you know, I, and I also like shelled out a bunch of money to advertise front page on the knot. Cause I was like, where are brides going to look and how can I be the first one that they see, even though their friends aren't referring them to me and you know, they haven't heard of me before. It was just every single resource that I could possibly think of. Like I need to get, I need to make this work and I need to figure out how to get eyeballs onto my website for people that have never seen it before. That's amazing. It's amazing that how short, I mean, short and relative, but like, it's amazing that that worked so quickly. Do you feel like the not advertisement resulted in business for you? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, that's great to hear. I know. I I actually, because I used to advertise on Wedding Wire as well, and I um, stopped paying Wedding Wire. I just have my reviews on Wedding Wire now um, because I wasn't getting any leads through them. And the few leads that I was getting through the Knot in LA would book me. So um, I have like, I'm such a nerd. I have a little chart. Um, and when people uh, fill out my contact form, I ask them how they found me. So I had already had a full year of how people found me. And then I used that to translate to how people would find me in Detroit. So if I knew people found me on Instagram, I started changing my hashtags. I started changing my verbiage on my my photos and I started changing my um you know, my uh, about me part of my Instagram. I changed my Facebook. I changed all the SEO on my website um to everything that I could possibly think of that would help me in a Google search. And uh, since I knew that I had four clients that had booked me through the knot, that's not a ton, but it's enough for me to be like, hey, this is a good start. And so I decided to put all of my advertising money and pay for that front page on the knot. And I found that a lot of brides in the Midwest use the knot, which is lucky for me. So I have gotten a ton of inquiries through the knot. And yeah, I love that. I think it's really smart that you took a risk, uh, even though the knot doesn't sound like a risk to many. If you're a business owner, the knot, um, I know the knot is very expensive for wedding planners. I can only imagine it's it's the same, if not more, for photographers. So it's very expensive. I don't yes. think I'm going to continue to pay for the front page much longer, but it was definitely worth it for the move. Aspect. Well, right, because you probably made it back in one booking. Yep. 
Right. Yeah. And so that's the thing I always try to tell people or try to encourage people to remember is that like, yes, it seems prohibitively expensive at the beginning, but if, if it works, then you've made your ROI, you know, if you've booked four, that's, I mean, you've made it back three times. So yeah. it, I love the, I mean, it's, it's so funny as you're saying it, you're like, and I just did this and this and this, and it sounds so simple. Um, oh, it you, wasn't. No, it, took me least, it took me at least uh, two months to change every single thing. And it was a giant headache. How long did it take you to update the SEO on your, on all those photos on your site? Oh my God. Do you remember? Full, full days. I would dedicate a full day every week to just changing the SEO on my website. And it took me about four weeks, four, uh, four full days of like eight to 10 hour days of just changing keywording on my website. Yeah. I love that because we just talked about SEO at rising tide last month. And I think the overwhelming, um, like feedback that I was getting, at least from my local group was like, this is hard. And I was like, yes, of course it is hard (laughs) (laughs) and it's, and it's tedious. Yes. And also like, I hate to admit this, but I've been busy enough that I haven't been able to give my website the attention that it deserves um, until, you know, July when I have a little bit of a break. And, um, you know, I took my notes from that Rising Tide meeting last month and just kind of was like, okay, well, I have a busy July now because I need to update this, 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 and this that I didn't know about SEO and all this stuff. So, you know, I thought I was an SEO expert and I'm definitely not by any means. I feel like there's very few people in the world who who are confidently like, I am an expert at this because it's something that changes so often. Yes, that's what it is. It's constantly changing and the tactics constantly change. Like something that worked three years ago doesn't work anymore. So yeah, it's hard. I want to ask you a little bit about Rising Tide. Um, you know, as people who listen to this podcast know, I'm a leader for Los Angeles East. Uh, Mindy was, was our social media uh, chair. So we're very, in, we're enmeshed in, in Rising Tide in Los Angeles. But Casey, when you moved, um, didn't you become a leader right after you I moved? I am a leader. You yes, a leader. I am. So yeah. how did that come about? Was there, did a leader step down or did you start your own group? Well, the thing that happened was the when I moved here, there was only one group um, in my area Otherwise, I would have to have driven like an hour and a half to go to the other groups. But uh, yeah, the group that was based in Detroit had grown so big that people were complaining that um, you know they couldn't attend the meetings um, because there was limited seating. The solution was to just branch out to different uh, counties. And so I kind of said, hey, I know I'm new, but I've been part of Rising Tide for three years now and I love it. And I think that I can add something to it. And, you know, I I tried to go to every single meeting in LA and I know that I can do it with my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have a full-time job. Um, and so they let me do it. And um, so now I'm a co-leader in Macomb County, which is the county right next to mine. I, I still need to drive like 45 minutes to go to meetings, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's fun. And so – do you think that that really helped kind of solidify you in the, in your local community as like, I know I'm new, but like, I'm, I'm a person who can, yeah. have, you know, who has value, something to add. And then you think that is. I, I think that because I was privileged enough to come from the LA market, I think that really just instantly impressed people. Um, you know, I could have been the crappiest photographer ever, but because I had made a living in LA, I was like, you know, really cool. So, 
<laughs> which sounds silly, you know, when you live in LA, it doesn't seem like that. But when you go anywhere else, like that seems to be the thing is, um, you know, if you lived in a big city, you must know what you're doing. I get it. I get it. I actually have a, like a kind of a question about that. And it it's, has to do with like going from one market to a market that has a very different cost of living situation. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to share any detailed pricing, but what was it like going from a place like Los Angeles where we have a very high cost of living, everything kind of costs a premium when you do weddings to Mm -hmm. uh, the Midwest, which I'm assuming the Detroit area would probably have a lower cost of living. And I say that because my, mm-hmm. I have family in Detroit. My dad yeah. comes from the Detroit You're area. Correct. So yeah. I know they have a lower cost of living. So what was it like adjusting your mindset, your money mindset? I won't curse, but it was effing awesome moving to a different market. And I thought for the exact opposite reason, um, I thought that having, I thought I'd have to change my pricing completely. Basically, I thought that I was going to have to lower my pricing, and to my surprise, I didn't. Um, I My clients now pay more on average than my clients in L.A. did, and I think it is because of the cost of living is so high that the clients in L.A. were trying to save money wherever they could, and my clients here – they, a lot of them have their parents help them pay for it. A lot of them are, um, you know, close to family with support. A lot of them live in places where they can afford to splurge on things that they really want to spend money on. And uh, honestly, I mean, between you guys and the people that are listening, I'm I'm making the same amount of money that I did in LA, if not more. And I'm booking more. That's amazing. And I'm, people are booking my highest package. I think that people are willing to spend more money here just because it is they don't have to spend $2500 a month on their apartment. Do you think when you like when you said like you thought you were going to have to lower your prices, uh did you do any like sort of like price shopping like looking around to your potential competition to see what the what the average prices were or did you just stick with, you know, this is what you needed to do to make a living? Well, the thing about my area um, compared to Los Angeles is there aren't um, that many people that are offering the same services that I'm offering. Like if there are photographers here, they only offer photography. And there's very few that offer both photography and videography and vice versa. If you're a videographer, you don't offer videography. So I think that one thing that was an advantage was that for me, I'm a one-stop shop for brides. Like if they want photos they see that I do video. They're like, great. I wasn't thinking about video, but I think I want it now. Um, you know, and in LA video is always like a secondary thought. And I was usually booked last minute for video just because budgets were so much tighter in LA. And so, yeah, I did change my pricing around a little bit, um, at first and I did do a little market research and kind of stocked all my Um, competition to see what they were charging. But I was surprised that they weren't really charging that much different. A lot of them were charging more than I charged in LA. And I was like, whoa, I guess I can like charge a little bit more than I was expecting. And I did. And they're really, there's so much less pushback here than there was in LA for my pricing. And so I've been pleasantly surprised throughout the whole entire transition 
in that respect. I love it. And so are you doing more church weddings that you dreaded? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done one. And I've, I've, I've done one here, one church wedding. So do you notice any difference in like, um, of course, the wedding planner is asking this, do you notice any difference in like the design or decor or just the style of weddings from LA to Michigan? Um, it depends on my client. Um, there's a lot more indoor weddings, that's for sure, um, just because of the threat of rain. Um, but I had a wedding last weekend that was half inside, half outside, and there was a threat of rain. And then miraculously, it didn't rain at all. It was supposed to, it was 80% chance of thunderstorms, and there was nothing. There was one drop the entire day that I felt. And uh, I was like, oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, in, in some ways, yes, but I was also expecting like, oh, I'm so sorry to all Midwest people if anyone's listening. Um, I was just expecting it to not look as nice. I thought it was going to look very traditional and very um, kind of outdated in a sense. Like I feel like LA is very ahead of the curve with their trends and it doesn't really reach anyone until people start seeing the magazines that come out, you know, eight months later once they're planning their wedding. So everyone's kind of like two years behind, like, you know, and I thought everything was going to be mason jars and stuff, which is not <laughs> bad in my, you know, it's not like I had mason jars at my wedding. I didn't, so did I. I didn't care, but <laughs> I don't care. You do what you want. Live your life. Well, I have to say um, that but when, when you first moved to Michigan, I was looking at your Instagram um, photos. I would have to click on it and see like, where was this done? Because they look and I think that just is a testament to like, who your clients are. Yeah, my clients have not changed. The type of client yeah. that I am attracting has not changed at all. My clients are just as cool and appreciative of my work. And they are so interested in collaborating with me and excited to work with me as they ever were in LA. Um you know, and that also goes along with my pricing. Like I, I want, I want to attract people that are appreciative of photography and my work. So I'm not going to charge like nothing because those people tend to not appreciate it and just want to price shop. And I'm not that type of person in general to work with people that don't care about what I do. Cause I care about what I do so much. And, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily want to like outprice people, but I also want people to really want me to be there with them and trust me. I also think this is such a great testament to your branding and also your messaging because I I also, you know, I, I talk to a lot of wedding planners nationwide and a lot of them when they think about moving, they're like, well, I'll have to change my ideal client. And it's like, no, 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 you be you and yeah. your people will find you. And I love yeah. that that was, ha that was true for you as well. Like it's the same Casey that's taking photos in LA or Michigan and it's the same clients who are attracted to you because you right. are so much a part of your brand and you are so much a part of your message, which I love. Well, yeah, my brand is really important to me and um, I have a lot of strong beliefs um, personally. I, I think that everyone deserves to um, find love and I feel like everyone deserves happiness and I'm not one to turn anyone away. Um, I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you love. Um, I just want to be there when you're celebrating that. And I want you to want me to be the person to capture that and make you laugh and feel comfortable. And, you know, I think that good photos come from someone that is, you feel comfortable around. And I've, I tell everyone in my initial interview, like, 
you know, I, I want you to feel comfortable around whoever you choose. And if you don't feel comfortable around me, don't hire me. I said that to my clients too. I say, go, yeah. go meet your photographers. And if you don't think you could sit down for a cup of coffee or a cocktail with them, please don't hire them. Because yeah. And a couple you know, long, it's so important. It, it is. And I, you know, there's some people that, you know, want to keep relationships with their clients professional. And of course I want to keep my relationship with my client professional. I want them to respect what I do and respect my time, but I also want them to feel like I'm one of their guests and that they want to hang out with me afterwards because I mean, that's how I get good photos. It, it, really, <laughs> if you can true. laugh around me, if if I can tell you, you know, pick your partner's nose and you do it, I know I'm doing <laughs> my job correctly. Do you say that to couples? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, now that it's been about a year, mm-hmm. where are you saying, where do you think the bulk of your, your clients come from? Um, word of mouth. From like from other vendors or from other couples, from other couples and and other vendors. I think that I think people witness how I work and like it. I kind of am. I mean, Renee can attest to this. I kind of take charge when I need to take charge, and I kind of stand back when I need to stand back. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people don't like authority and some people need authority, and the people that need authority and know that I handle business and get done. Sorry for the cursing. Um, I think that they appreciate that and they know that I can do my job and do it well. And um, I think that's the strongest form of, for any business owner, I think that's the strongest form of referral is um, through people that know each other. Because I just got um, an inquiry this morning from someone that referred me and she already wants to, you know, meet in person and talk about all these things and she's excited to meet me and um I I'm not sure if she was at a wedding that I was at or if she's just friends with a bride and saw her photos and just really loved them but yeah I, I at first I would have said the knot when I first moved um because I still do get inquiries through the knot but I think my strongest inquiries are the ones that are from people that have worked with me and been like you can't hire anyone else you need to hire this girl what would you say, Casey, if someone who's listening has recently changed markets and is struggling? Well, if you could like kind of drill it down to like essentials, what, what do you think someone should do if they're struggling in a new market? Um, the first thing I would do is uh, get away from the computer and try and find groups to join with like-minded um, business owners or even people in your industry. Um, networking by far is the one thing that has across the board wherever I lived made the most impact on my business. Um, people meeting me face to face, I tend to be, um, more personable in person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I tend to, you know, people tend to attract personalities and if, um, you can meet people and have a conversation with them in person and they can put a face to a name and you're not just some mystery person that only posts pictures of other people on Instagram. Like I do, I'm not a big selfie person. I think that that helps, that helped me the most when people can meet me in person and say, Oh, not only is she, you know, not only can she take photos, but she also is awesome to be around and cool. And, um, she knows what she's talking about. And 
Yeah, networking for sure. I think that's the only thing that I would tell people is you need to get off your phone and get in front of people. Go to whatever networking event you can can do. I love it. You know, that's my motto too. Yeah, that's really great advice. It sucks. (laughs) Networking sucks. I'm not going to lie. And especially if you're introverted, it sucks even more. But for me, I, I have like kind of a little bit of social anxiety. I'm very extroverted as a person, but I'm much more comfortable when I'm around people that I know. And if I walk into a room where I know no one, it's very hard for me to start a conversation. And I kind of just say to myself, I kind of like give myself a pep talk and I'm like, okay, it's only going to take five minutes to walk up and introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Casey. I'm a photographer. What do you do? And if I'm at a networking, that everyone's in the same boat. And I have to just remind myself like, you know, the worst this person can do is look at me and be like, go away. And then I just go to the next person. <laughs> no one's ever done that before. No one but would ever do that. No, but like, that's what you have to tell yourself is like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, that is the worst that could happen. And you know what? It's not a big deal. You're not trying to date that person. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No one's trying to get married here. I mean, yeah. maybe. I mean, we don't know, but maybe, probably not. Well, I wouldn't go to a networking event to find a husband, but you never know. To each his own. You don't know. Who knows? True. <laughs> well, Casey, thank you so much for talking to us today. This was amazing. Thanks for having me. I hope I helped. I think you did. So Casey, where can people find you online? And please also give a, a plug for your Tuesdays Together group. Oh, um, so if you're in Michigan, uh, at the second Tuesday of every month, 7.30 p.m., usually roundabouts. Um, we have a Tuesdays Together meeting. It's in Macomb County. You can join um, by searching Tuesdays Together Macomb uh, in, on Facebook. You can find me at caseybroadley.com. That's uh, C-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-D-L-E-Y. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Casey Broadley, or you can search Facebook for Casey Broadley. I'm pretty all across the board by name. And you can see her pretty face on a, on a greeting card, right? Where can oh, they yes. find your greeting card? You can go to Papyrus and look in the birthday section and <laughs> look for the girl with the cotton candy hair and you can find me there. And I'll, if you find me, take a picture and tag me in it on your stories or send me an email through my website. And just, I love seeing them out in the wild. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Thanks for having me, guys. And thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.